Welcome to PR360, a weekly public relations podcast where we bring on the best and brightest minds in the PR industry. We discuss the important topics that you need to know. Tune in every Wednesday to find out. Hosted by Brett Dicer and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find more information on globalresultspr.com. And welcome to a new episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Dicer. And if you could please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a five-star review if you like this. And if not, let us know how we can do better for you. And subscribe to the YouTube channel for all the video episodes if you like, if you're a visual person yourself. But this week, I have Caitlin with me, and she is a thoughtful, innovative, strategic thinker with 10-plus years in digital marketing, organic, and paid social media marketing, influencer marketing, and media analytics experience and she we're just really excited to have her because we're gonna be talking about social media stuff that we all need to know more about so welcome to the show thank you and the first question I ask all my guests is are you a coffee or tea drinker i'm a tea drinker i've never been a coffee drinker i think it's a caffeine thing so i opt for tea do you have any like favorite tea brands that you prefer over other ones um i don't know about brands but um I like, like in terms of flavors, I like Earl Grey. I like matcha, an English breakfast, anything kind of cinnamony. Ah, yeah, those are pretty good. Hey, cinnamon's the spice of life. <laughs> <laughs> but I gave a brief summary of your expertise. Can you summarize your expertise to our audience? Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, you you summed it up. Um, but I am an organic social strategist currently operating in the freelance consulting capacity. Um, I also have experience, like you highlighted, like managing paid social, um, influencer marketing, analytics, predominantly for performance, wellness, and lifestyle brands, but I've dabbled in some others. Nice. And then what should PR pros know about the organic reach in social media when it comes to 2022? Because we've all heard it. It's dead for the most part. Right. I, I don't think it should be overlooked. I understand that it's really um, common to overlook organic and instead opt for paid. And that's totally fine. It's effective. It's a different strategy. Um, I think they are definitely stronger used together in tandem. Um, but I think with organic, there's this unique ability to authentically connect with your community and your consumers that isn't readily available in paid. So I, I still think it should be considered and prioritized. Yeah. Got you. And is, like you said, is there any way to like, or any tips or advice to do the organic with the paid? Is there any type of, I guess, secret sauce in, in that way to make sure that you're paid, you're getting the most of your paid with your organic and vice versa? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's necessarily a secret sauce. Um, I think, uh, you know, hiring experts, trusting them to do their jobs and also people who are willing to collaborate with each other, because I think that's where you're going to get the best results. I mean, you have folks who are in the weeds of their day to day responsibilities and and they're the experts in, in those areas. So having them collaborate, I think, is really important where they can come up with like winning strategies together. Gotcha. So. I mean, we're talking about with collaboration, we talk about influencer marketing. We're just talking about with collaborating with different brands. 
anything like that? I even think like internally with a team, you know, if you have someone owning PR, if you have someone owning social, or if you have someone owning influencer, it's so important that this work isn't done in a silo. I just think there's a lot of, um, yeah, opportunity to, to strategize together and create something that makes sense. Um, I also know like, you know, brands might outsource to an agency and it's really easy to, you know, let people, um, work on things in a silo. And I think I would just discourage that when you're thinking about, um, yeah, how to put together a strategy and also, um, like, I think working from home has also just changed the way like teams meet and work together. And, um, I'm, I'm hoping people are still like letting that become a priority and, and knowing that it doesn't have to happen in person. It can happen remotely. Um, but yeah, letting people collaborate and, and bring their expertise and best practices to the table. And I mean, I guess that's my next question with working from home, which you kind of touched on, how do you not keep yourself from being siloed? Because it feels like, I mean, for me, I'm pretty much siloed on my own. So how do you do that and collaborate still while basically staring in a small office by yourself? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I mean, I can only speak for my own experience, but I think, um, it can't be overstated how important communication is and even attempting that in ways that might not feel very natural. Like when you're in person sitting next to folks, it's really easy to, you know, turn to the other person and, and pick their brain or bounce ideas off someone. Um, so I think when you are working from home, you know, we all kind of like, maybe talk ourselves out of asking people questions or initiating some of those conversations. But I think, um, I think it's important to kind of push ourselves in certain respects to like over communicate or what we might think might be over communicating, but in the capacity that we're all working and collaborating together, it's really not over communicating. It's just sharing context and giving people a heads up and collaborating. Um, so, yeah, I think it, again, it might feel like a natural, it might feel like you're doing the most, but maybe it's just enough to make sure your team still feels connected and in the loop and that they can do the same with you. Gotcha. And then when it comes to influencers, can those help with the paid and the organic in, in terms of just getting the most out of it? Yeah. Um, I mean, influencer is like an incredibly influencer marketing um, creating with other content creators is an incredible marketing strategy. I think, especially when it's done really thoughtfully. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think with PR, social, um, earned and owned, there's really endless opportunities available to you there when you're willing to take the time to be strategic and thoughtful and develop, you know, good relationships. Gotcha. And then, I mean, what I heard for the past few years is that employee influencers have become like a more in the limelight for just using influencers within your own company. Can you use that? Like you said, teams, but you could use your own employee influencers for their, for their organic reach and how do you find them or use them wisely? Yeah. I mean, that's really interesting. I've seen it done, you know, across different industries with different brands. Um, I, ha I have some opinions on it. I mean, yeah, it can be done well. Um, but I also think one, 
one way that that might fall short is because like they're they're already someone working for your brand you're not sort of compensating them for this extra work oftentimes so that's just something that i would want to flag and be part of the conversation is that if this being being a spokesperson for the brand isn't already part of their job description it should be looked as it should be looked at as additional work which it is so yes it can be done but i i think the the, equ- the equity part of it should be um, considered as well. To basically properly compensate them if it's not part of their job description in a way. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then, I mean, what has changed with influencer marketing since the beginning or even the past two years? Is it more segregated into TikTok stars, YouTube stars, and all this other like segregation of it? Or is it more of a holistic, like a TikTok star can be a YouTube star, can all, be all that? And yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's evolved. It's evolved in many ways. And then it's also not evolved in other ways. Um, so I think your question about, you know, can someone on TikTok cross over? Like, absolutely. Um, I think TikTok is a really fascinating case study for content creators, because in some ways, like compared to YouTube, for example, you don't have to spend like years and years and years building up your audience. It's like you can do it relatively quickly and effectively on TikTok from what I've seen. And then you can sort of cross promote and leverage the other channels to build your audience and build like your portfolio of content. So you you might start on TikTok, for example, but then you encourage people to also follow you on Instagram and also follow you on YouTube or your newsletter, or your business, or whatever it is. So I think that's been really cool to see is, um, you know, not needing a ton of camera equipment, for example, to create this like really produced channel, but instead tap into something that's more accessible, and um, then crossover. Um, And then I think other ways that I'm really encouraged other other evolutions in influencer that I've been really encouraged by are um, just the level of transparency. Um, again, not perfect and tons and tons of room for improvement still. But um, I think the efforts that largely creators are pursuing to develop a level of transparency with managers, brands, um, other third party tools about um all aspects. So like payment being a large one, um, even uh, like the net payment terms. I know during the pandemic, um, there were a lot of issues with brands not compensating. Well, I shouldn't resort just to the pandemic. I feel like this has gone on beyond the pandemic, but, you know, not getting paid or not getting paid on time or not getting paid within like a reasonable time frame. Um, and creators really advocating for themselves and being very transparent about the process. So I've really appreciated that because I think the, the evolution and the evolution of that conversation and keeping that conversation progressing will only make that marketing channel, you know, better, more effective so that everyone feels valued. Nice. And then even going with finding the right influencer, how do PR pros do this? Cause there are a ton of influencers out there and yeah, you could find one, but how do you find the right one for your brand? Yeah. Um, I love that question. Uh, so, and it kind of goes back to something that I was talking about a little bit earlier, which is like the collaboration part. So I think a good place to start is seeing if there are creators 
who already have this authentic affinity for your service or product or brand or even the industry that you operate within and start there because then you're not, you know, reaching. You're you're looking at folks who might already be speaking about your brand and they're just not getting paid for it yet. Um, so start there. And then my, my note about the collaboration piece is like, that's why it's really important for PR and social to be working together because it's very likely that your social person or your social teams or agency are in the weeds and they're looking at those people every single day. So it's like, if you work together you are working more efficiently in identifying and communicating with those folks. So, I mean, what I'm hearing is like, do your research first, see who's actually trying to use your products without getting paid to use your products and then loop in your social media team to see if you can collaborate. But how do you start that collaboration process? Cause I'm pretty sure some influencers like, uh, well, maybe I want to collaborate. Maybe I don't. Cause the whole, like, being not mm-hmm. part of a brand sometimes is more appealing to their audience than being part of a brand. So how do you find those collaborators that actually do want to collaborate too, even if they do use your product? Yeah. I mean, to your point, what you called out research is a must. I think when teams don't do their research and they dive into this, that's where you just get a whole bunch of issues. So do your research, follow these folks, see what their values are, see what they're speaking on, see what's important to them to see if if it's an alignment for you and your brand and product and service. Um, in terms of like, yeah, finding folks who would want to work, I mean, that's that's ultimately a decision for the creator. There's no guarantee that if you reach out to them, you're going to end up with you know sponsored content at the end of the day. But I think if you do your research, you are more likely setting yourself up for success. And if they've done other sponsored content with other brands, maybe that's an indicator that they're also open to those types of partnerships. Um, if it's someone who has never, or to your knowledge, has never done sponsored content before, I still don't think that's a reason to like eliminate them. Maybe they just haven't had the opportunity or the right opportunity come along. So I think approaching it with an open mind is really important. And then moving on to more of the campaign side, how do you define like a good influencer campaign? Because you got the influencer, but now you need to figure out like, is it like, do you do awareness? Do you do more of a paid type of ads? Do you do something where it more draws to your product to hopefully they buy your product? Like what should they start off with first? I think it depends on what your goals are. Um, if your goal is brand awareness, if your goal is maybe growing your consumer base or like acquiring a different type of consumer, um, if your goal is to promote like a new product, you know, there's tons and tons of different marketing goals that a business can have and, and that you can leverage um, collaborations with influencers for. So I think knowing your goal is really important because that will help you define the KPIs that are important to you, whether it's like reach, impressions, sentiment, website traffic. Um, yeah, I think with many things, but also with influencer, it really comes down to like your why. So I think defining that will help you then define the success of a campaign. And then what do you think is the the future of influencer marketing? Is it going to be more transparency? Like you said before, is it going to be more of a distinguishing between maybe you have some employees, influencers, but you have still more of the outside influencers at the same time? Yeah, um, definitely transparent. I think the future is more transparent and equitable. And I think that's largely attributed to so many creators who are 
who are speaking about that and pushing for that. Um, and, you know, when, when they feel comfortable also calling out when experiences aren't that way. Um, so I think that's something that will continue to progress. And then in terms of um, employee influencer versus like, you know, outside of your organization, I think we'll continue to see both. I think, again, it's really important for brands and teams to understand what is authentic to their own brand values and seeing where those alignments are to, to determine. And I mean, for the organic, going back to the organic social media, do you think social audio is going to be part of that organic social audio? I know it's not really big right now, but could it eventually be part of more of the organic where you're using Twitter spaces and something like that from LinkedIn, if they ever decide to actually release the product. Yeah, no, I appreciate you bringing up that, that like more recent trend, like clubhouse and like that capacity. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think two things, I think video will always be paramount. Well, actually more than two things. I think videos will continue to remain very important. I also want to be thoughtful and recognize like how how the attention spans of many people has shifted throughout working from home and, and all the various ups and downs that we've experienced. Um, so I think long form content, TBD, short form audio, short form video, absolutely. Um, similar to like, you know, podcasts, for example. Um, yeah, there was, sorry, there was something else that I was thinking about and then I kind of forgot about it, it had to do with audio. Um, you mentioned LinkedIn. We talked about TikTok. Maybe it'll come back to me. But yeah, I oh, I remember what it was. Sorry. Um, how organic is this like really unique space in that it is an opportunity where you can authentically connect with folks. So I think these more like conversational spaces, whether it's IG Live, Clubhouse, Twitter, um, these opportunities to connect in dialogue and have it feel more personal is a huge opportunity for, you know, for that connection and creation of community. I mean, would it be m more based on also your industry too? Cause I looked around Twitter spaces and there's not a lot of people still using it. I think we're all still kind of going, how do I figure this part out? So as a, as a PR person, totally. is there a way to like step into it or look at it a little bit more? Because I think people are interested, but still going, ah, I don't really know about this. Yeah, I think, and I think that's fair. I think, you know, oftentimes teams are really strapped for bandwidth budget and resources. And so when these new, um, these new capabilities pop up, like it can be kind of like a head scratching moment, like, well, how do we manage this? And also not, you know, the, the reservations someone might, someone might have when they don't just want to immediately jump into something, but they want to do it really thoughtfully. Um, so I, I don't think it's a red flag necessarily that people don't immediately jump on something. I think, again, it's really important for teams to understand what is authentic, like what are their goals? How do they get there? And like what is authentic to their mission and their values? Because, you know, it might have been really tempting for every single brand to get on TikTok. But if that's not authentic to who you're trying to reach or the content that, or the message that you're trying to get out there, then it, it might not make sense to jump on that. But um, yeah, I think depending on how you're trying to reach your audience and what you're trying to communicate and figuring out what are the most effective channels to help you accomplish those goals is 
and is a question that you can ask yourself and answer. Gotcha. And then fun question for you. If you were not a PR pro, what profession would you be doing instead? Um, I really enjoy baking. Um, not cooking, but baking specifically. So I think um, as a kid, I wanted to be a pastry chef. And I think if I didn't get into media and marketing and comms, that's something that maybe I would have thought about going to school for. Any, any favorite things you like to bake at all? Yeah. Um, brownies, um, muffins. I don't do too many cakes, but like, you know, on the occasion, a birthday or something, I enjoy that. Um, and then like everyone else during COVID, I got really into, you know, the banana breads. Um, this isn't baking necessarily, but along the lines of like creating desserts, I found um, an ice cream maker attachment for my KitchenAid. So I started making ice cream from scratch. So like social media, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> Very true, especially with baking and everything else. Yeah. Any final thoughts for listeners? Yeah, I think just be curious. Don't be afraid to ask questions to really get to figure out like what your goals are. Um, and again, what is that kind of authentic strategy? Because that's that's what I believe when that is aligned with your values and your mission, that's where you get like the best results. So don't be afraid to, you know, take that time, be really thoughtful, ask good questions to to get those answers that will then help guide and save you time and provide clarity down the road. Well, thank you, Caitlin, for joining PR360 and sharing your knowledge on influencer marketing, social media. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for taking the time. And I'm, I'm always happy to chat about this stuff. So I appreciate it. Yes, and we'll be sure to have you back on PR360. But thank you for joining PR360. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a five-star review if you like this content or let us know how we can do better for you. And join us next week as we talk to a great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe. Research your influencers if you're looking to get some influencers. See you next week. Later.